Welcome to worship at Kern Church. My name is Will and I'm the pastor and it's such a joy to be with you on this chilly morning as we come to God, as we worship Jesus, as we connect with one another. Thank you so much for being here today. I want to thank those of you who are worshiping with us online today. I pray that as we worship together in person and online that you are blessed and that your heart is worn by the power of the Holy Spirit. With that, I want to offer a prayer this morning as we worship God together. Lord of all miracles, Lord of all breakthroughs, my prayer this day is that you are blessed as we seek you. My prayer this day is that each heart who's worshiping you in person and online will, will be uh, filled with your Holy Spirit so that they may leave today knowing that they have an, an encounter with you, with your grace, with your love. Give this all to you, Almighty God. Amen. One of the, the neat things about my role is I get to hear so many exciting and good things that are happening in the life of the church. And this past week, I was, I was with our, our staff, and, and Shanda, our, our children's director, she was sharing just some good news and things that were happening. And, and it was really such an amazing thing to see how God was working on her heart and working in the heart of our church. She was sharing the news of how, how she's working to try to, to build a second Sunday school class with our, with our, young, our young group and those uh, kids, children. Um, anyways, and, and, and they're, they're kind of at the level now of really needing to break off and, so, and, and divide into two separate groups with some preschoolers that are, that are rising up and and, and just more kind of students overall in the, in the, in the group. And uh, it was such a blessing to hear from her and her heart of, about how, how they're connecting children with the, the, the transformational love of Jesus. And, and, and you know, there, there's ways to help in this. Where she's kind of needing volunteers to help lead Sunday school and all this kind of stuff. And so talk with Shanda if you're, you're interested in that. But it was such a blessing to hear how God is, is moving in, in our church moving in her life, and, and, and just moving amongst our young people. And, and as a pastor, that makes me as excited. As a dad, that makes me really, really happy that my children are able to experience the love of Jesus in this church. If you want to continue to, to help make ministry like this happen, you can do that by giving to the ministry of God here at Kern Church. You can always give online at kernchurch.org. If you're joining us on the live stream, please feel free to, to, to go over to kernchurch.org and there's a links to give online. You can do that. You can set up recurring giving that way, which is a great way to, to continue to invest on a reoccurring basis in, in the life change that happens here at the church. And you can also give today as we have our basket, offering basket going around this morning if you're in person. You can give your offerings, your gifts this day. Let me pray for us. God, you are moving. Your spirit is moving even when we are not aware. I thank you for, for growth and life change. I thank you for hearts that are connecting with your spirit. I thank you for the newness that you speak into each one. Breathe, oh breathe, blessed Father. I have to say that, that being a, a new Oak Ridge resident, I, I uh, have been so impressed with the music programs around here, especially in our schools. A friend of mine who's an elementary school music teacher and also a choir director that I used to work with, she shared with me that everyone could sing. I um, don't believe her. 
Um, I, our, our choir, I have to say that I have evidence to the contrary. Our choir, who, um, who sings at the, the traditional service at 11 o'clock, there's, there's um, wayward souls in this choir that continue to try to recruit me to be a part of their choir. And, 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 I, and I keep telling them that our goal is not to run people away from church, um, but, but if we ever need to do that, uh, Steve and I can get up and sing and, and we can just, you know, uh, shut the house down. Amen. Uh, you know, theoretically, it may be true that everyone uh, can sing, but in practice, it doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes theory does not align with reality. But here in Oak Ridge, we seem to just have great music programs. I hear from many who have raised their kids here and are raising their kids here, and they all seem to have some type of, of background in, in music. They have taken some type of music lessons. Our, our daughter, elementary school age daughter, she takes uh, strings, so she's learning the and, and I take her to school early. She gets no help from me. I just want to share that. Absolutely zero help from me, except I take her to school early three days a week. And, and these, young, these young kids get to school early three days a week to practice their... And I, I can't imagine being in that room and the headache. Like I would leave really not sure what to do with myself. But... but but, but they are working diligently, and I love getting to the school store early, and I see little, little boys and girls, like, that's really weird to say, but, but like with the ones that play the cello, and then they carry it in on their back as if they've got this huge stand-up bass, and it, and it just swallows them as they carry it in. And then, of course, those that have violin and viola, they have their, their, their trusty suitcases that they carry these instruments in. And it's such a, a blessing to see out of the five days of the school, school week, these kids get together, three of them, to devote to learning and playing their music. We also have a great group of young people here at this church who are preparing for our Christmas musical program. And, and, and you need to mark this on your calendar, December 21st. December 21st, it's a Wednesday before Christmas. Go ahead and mark it on your calendar, set it in your date book, um, you know, the things that you do on your, 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 your smart devices so you can remember to be here on the 21st of December because these young people are working and working so hard to have this great musical program. And they're actually even ramping up their rehearsal over the next couple of weeks to include more people in and, 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 and do the, like stagehands and people that have different roles so it's not just song. But during this musical they, that they're, they're working on called Carriers of the Light, they are, are working to bring us the light of Christ, to really bring the light of Jesus in the midst of Christmas. And Christmas will be here before you know it. You and I both know that. Our kids don't believe it, but you and I both know it. And, and, and you just need to go ahead and mark this on. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be a great production, but you know it, it's not something that's just happening overnight. In fact, our young people are rehearsing Diligently, They're practicing and working hard to make this happen. They've been working for a few months already, and, and it's such a, a blessing to see it. They're working on their songs. They're working on their lines. Those that are working in technical ways behind the scenes, they're, they're beginning to work on these pieces. And over the next few weeks, many our young people may not believe it right now, but over the next few weeks, all of these pieces are going to come together to, to combine to make such a blessing and such a beautiful celebration, but there's still more work ahead. They still have more work to do before they're able to share this performance with us. And this is, 
You know, we often have this idea in, in life and in different things, we often have this idea that there are just some people who are exceptional. You know, that, that child prodigy who seems to have been playing the piano since birth, and, and, and they can play anything you throw at them at, at nine years old and even, even play beyond what, what, what adults can play. Or, or, or the chess prodigy who, who is able to outplay and outmaneuver just anybody. The, the Olympic swimmer who, who can swim faster and longer than anyone else. And, and you know, I think it's easy for us lay folks, for, for those of us who, who aren't necessarily exceptional at something like uh, sports or, or music or something else, for, for the rest of us, it's easy to assume that these are gifts that people have been given. You know, the one who has a solo in the play, that, that this is a gift that that person has, has been given. Or the one that's the fastest on the, uh, on the field, this is the, a gift this person has been given. And, and nobody else could really, you know, really measure up because, because they are exceptional. And it's some type of gift, maybe from God or some type of even genetic anomaly, that they are able to do this. Most assume that that is what has happened the thing is, most of the case, this isn't, you know, all that true. I mean, there's a certain extent that I think genetics and, and exposure and whatnot plays into, into people having certain gifts and talents, but, but, but if it wasn't for their hard work, if it wasn't for their practice, they'd likely no, be no better than you or I in what they're doing. And it's not just any kind of practice that this takes. It's the kind of practice that really matters to get excellent at something. It's the kind of practice that really matters to be really good at something. It's deliberate practice. Now, if, if you listen to, to radio programs or podcasts or, or read self-help books, perhaps, you might have t heard this term deliberate practice over the past few years. This has kind of a, a, been a fashionable, in vogue idea over the past few years and, and really was popularized by Malcolm Gladwell, who argued that it takes 10,000 hours of practice to gain mastery. So 10,000 hours of really focused practice to gain mastery at something, to be exceptional. Now, of course, there's the, the research and discovery around this there's many who have arisen to debunk it. So when one idea comes up, many others have, have, have given their objections and their, their alternate ideas about this. But I think it's so important still to think that it does take deliberate practice. It takes hard work to make great things happen. It takes deliberate practice, hard work, for an extended period of time to be successful. Now, if you're a person of faith, if you are a person of faith, or, or if you're a person who is interested in faith, this should come no surprise, as no surprise, because in faith, we have a different word for this kind of practice. It's called faithfulness. Faithfulness. Faithfulness is this concept of faith where, where, where you remain connected to God, and God also helps you in your life fulfillment. And so today, I want to share with you I want to share with you the good news about how faithfulness, how faithful living can really give you strength, give you strength in good times and in hard times. 
Last week, we introduced the story of this guy named King Hezekiah. And, and Hezekiah was, was this really great king of the kingdom of Judah and the people of God. And, and when he became king, there was a revival of sorts that happened, that happened to the people of God in Israel. A revival broke out in their midst. You see, before Hezekiah was king, the temple had been closed. That's where all the religious life had happened. It's like all the churches were closed. Um, I mean, that happened here, you know, with COVID. And so I think we have like this, like almost not a one-to-one comparison, but this understanding of what it's like when, when the houses of, of worship were closed. So the temple was closed. People weren't allowed in, and it was closed for so long that people even forgot what it was like and forgot what it took to worship God. And so when Hezekiah became king, in the first month of his first year as king, he reopened the temple. He reopened the temple, opened the doors, and everyone began the work of re-remembering how to worship God. And they had a huge celebration, and before long, they began the work of rebuilding. Then they took a reach in faith and their generosity to fund the ministry of God. You know, I've been so moved by this story, and I've seen so many parallels to the story of ministry here at Kern Church. And as I've continued to reflect on this story, I've been overcome by the sense of how much faithfulness, how much faithfulness was a part of this re-remembering and rebuilding. And so today I want to share with you the rest of the story of, of Hezekiah, the rest of the story of what really happened next, with the hopes that you will discover the key to building faithfulness and how it can sustain you in good times and in bad. So, so if you have a Bible with you and you want to follow along, I'm going to be reading from the book of 2 Chronicles at the end of chapter 31. So 2 Chronicles is, was one of the books in the Old Testament, and we're going to be looking at the end of chapter 31 and into the next chapter, into 32. What we find is that Hezekiah was a good king, and the Lord blessed him and the whole nation through Hezekiah. And then in chapter 31, beginning in verse 20, we read this. This is what Hezekiah did throughout all Judah. This is the, the, the nation, the name of the nation. This is what he did throughout all Judah, doing what the Lord his God considered was good, right, and true. So Hezekiah, the Bible tells us that Hezekiah did everything that was good, right, and true throughout the whole nation. Everything that Hezekiah began to do for the service of the Lord's temple, whether by the instruction or the commands, in order to seek his God, he did successfully and with his whole heart. I mean, what, what, this, what this person, this teacher is trying to teach us is that Hezekiah was a man of faithfulness. He was a man of faithfulness who did everything with his whole heart, devoted to God and for the good of the people. He led the people of God in all faithfulness. He did what was considered good and right and true. And, and what you will find is that Hezekiah's faithfulness prepared him for the trials and difficulties that he and the whole nation were about to face. And the difficulties didn't take long because we read just in the next verse, the next chapter, but it's just the next verse, in, in chapter 32, verse 1, that after these things and these faithful acts, so after Hezekiah had, been, had, had, had brought in the people, they worshiped God, everything was going well, he was extremely faithful. After these things and these faithful acts, Assyria's king, Sennacherib. So Assyria is like an enemy empire. And so the king of Assyria is Sennacherib, and, and he invades Judah. He invades the nation and tax its fortified cities, intending to capture them. 
If you're interested in like history stuff and, and uh, ancient history stuff, all of this is corroborated. I can't say that word. All of this is backed up in like the writings from the Assyrian Empire, and it talks about Hezekiah and this um, and this. Uh, you know, when you don't think, can't say the word, just think of a different word. Um, and but but it's 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 in it's in the history book, so to speak, of the Assyrian Empire about how this happened, and 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 so all these kind of details are backed up there, but. But remember the faithfulness. Hezekiah was in tune with God and surrounded himself with people who were also faithful. So he brought together all his advisors, all of those who were faithful, and they began making preparations for the invasion. The king of Assyria was coming and they knew he was coming. So what they did is they dammed up the waters so the invading army couldn't have any, anything to drink, so they didn't have supply lines. They, they, they wanted to make sure that they could rebuild the, the walls of the city to keep people out, or to keep the invaders out. They continued the work on the temple. And we read in verse 5 what happened. Hezekiah vigorously rebuilt all the broken sections of the wall, erected towers, constructed another wall outside the first, reinforced the terrace of David's city, that's Jerusalem, and made a large supply of weapons and shields. He's getting ready, right? He appointed military officers over the troops, assembled them in the city, in the square of the city gate, and spoke these words of encouragement. Here's, what he, here's his, his, his speech. Be brave and strong. Don't let the king of Assyria and all those warriors he brings with him scare you or cause you to dismay, because our forces are greater than his. All he has is human strength, but we have the Lord our God who will help us fight our battles. I mean, it, this is like... One of my favorite movies is, is, is Patton, and you know, George Scott stands up and gives this speech to the, to, the, uh, uh, to the soldiers before they're about to go out into battle, and I won't say it here because it's laced with profanity, um, but anyways, but King Hezekiah does the same thing. He stands up and he says, the enemy thinks they're strong, but all they have is human power. We have the power of the Lord God on our side. Then we read that the troops trusted Judas King Hezekiah. So Hezekiah has demonstrated his faithfulness. People trust him because of this. The enemy tries to, to taunt him and to taunt those who worship God. And in fact, we read in verse 16 that Assyria's king, uh, Assyria's, the Assyrian king's servants continued to make fun of the Lord and his servant Hezekiah. So, so, so the enemy is like, ha ha, you don't have as many people as I do. You're not as good as I do. All the other kings also thought they had gods on their side, and, and I've destroyed them all. Who do you think you are? He said, Hezekiah's God won't be able to rescue his people from my power. The difficult times are here. The difficult times are here. The enemy is literally at the city gates, ready to attack now, what you have to understand is that the, the difficult times prior to Hezekiah becoming king were due to internal forces. The difficulties prior to Hezekiah becoming king were due to internal issues. The leadership difficulties of unfaithful kings. But now the king is faithful to the Lord. Everything is on his side. People are rejoicing. People are coming in. They're celebrating the good things. The faith of the people in God is strong. But even in this, even in light of their faithfulness, even in light of everything they're doing going right, they still face difficulties. But this time you notice, the difficulties come from the outside. 
Before they were self-inflicted. Now they come from outside. They come from the world. And, and the writer of Second Chronicles says that the invaders spoke about God as if God was made by human hands. But the people of God were faithful. They prayed for miracles. The enemy has them circled on, on all sides, and they lift up prayers for God's spirit of miracles to break through and to save them. And as they pray for miracles, we learn that God honors their faithfulness. And in verse 20, we read the following. King Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah prayed about this, crying out to heaven. Then the Lord sent a messenger who destroyed every warrior, leader, and officer in the camp of the Assyrian king. When Sennacherib went home in disgrace, he entered the temple of his God with his own sons, and his own sons killed him with a sword. This is how the Lord rescued Hezekiah and the citizens of Jerusalem from the power of Assyria's king Sennacherib and all others giving them rest on all sides. Many people brought offerings to the Lord in Jerusalem and costly gifts to Judah's king Hezekiah, who was highly regarded by all nations from then on. Hezekiah and the people of God did what was good and right and true. They were faithful. And because they were faithful, they had prepared. They had done the hard work to prepare for the good times and the hard times. Because they were faithful, they knew they had to prioritize faith They had to prioritize faith in their lives. Because they were faithful, they knew that even their best preparations preparations weren't enough. They also had to ask God for help. They had to ask God for a miracle. Here's the thing. Living faithfully can give you strength. Living faithfully can give you strength in good times and in hard times hard times because it means that your life is ordered in a way that keeps your mind and your heart connected to God and keeps your mind and your heart open. Living faithfully allows you to hear from God and to listen. Being faithful means that that you are aware of the times when you need help, when you really need help, so you can reach out to God and, and reach out to other people for the help when you're in need. As we've been celebrating God's goodness at Kern Church, and as we are aware of the difficulties of the past few years, you also need to celebrate the stories of faithfulness in the midst of all this. The stories of faithfulness that have have brought this church, have brought your church, have brought God's church at Kern to this place. And these stories, friends, these stories of faithfulness are deep. But I want to look at one particular image of this faithfulness. You could tell so many more stories, I'm sure. One of the stories that I have been told is of these two women who came to the church. And these were two faithful women who came to the church and, 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 and they both died in the recent past, in the recent few years. But their faithfulness extended beyond their lives. You see, they left Kern Church in their wills. And nobody really knew what this gift could mean. But it meant that they had entrusted to the ministry of God between the two of them a few hundred thousand dollars. A lot of money by any stretch of the imagination. And, and some wondered at the time, I've been told, they didn't know that these, 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 these people had this, these, these two people had this, this type of money in their life at all, but they entrusted it. They gave it to the ministry of God at Kern, built from a lifetime of their faithfulness. 
And then there were other bequests as well of people investing ultimately in the gifts of God. And these bequests were faithfully invested through the Holston Conference Foundation. And over a course of a period of a few years, these, these, uh, these receipts, these investments, they grew, they matured. And, and the faithfulness, this faithfulness of people who saw God who believed, who saw from God the need to prepare and to invest in the future of what God was doing, of what God was doing at Kern Church. And I want you to know I give thanks for this. This faithfulness that allows us to be here today, those that did this in the past, they are like Hezekiah. They are like Hezekiah, and they did the same thing that he did. They were faithful, they listened, they watched, and they prepared for days that would be difficult, even days that would be difficult that they did not know were coming. Truly, it's because of their faithfulness and yours that this church has been able to get to this side of the COVID-19 pandemic. And I give God thanks. Talked a lot about difficulties over the past few weeks, and we have them. But it's because of the faithfulness of those that have begun before us that we are able to be here today in a spirit of hopefulness and of the movement of God, and I give God thanks thanks. The faithfulness of the past allowed God to continue to work in your midst and through you to bring us to a day of remembering, re-remembering, and rebuilding, and I give God thanks. You know, last week I asked you to consider, to consider making a reach in faith gift, and you, if you were not with us this past week, this ask comes again. A gift, a gift above your current generosity for the end of the year. A gift that is a gift of, of faithfulness, of faithfulness for the future, hopes, dreams, and possibilities that God has for the ministry here at Kern Church, of God's miracles that are bringing and coming and happening here. And, and I give God thanks that, that God is already working in the hearts, uh, working in the hearts of you and I to inspire this to inspire you and to make these preparations and investments in the future that God has in store for you and in the future that God has in store for Kern Church. As you continue to consider and, and make your reach in faith gifts to the ministry of God as, as Kern Church, as you make an investment in God's future here as people have done in the past, I want to draw your attention to one more one more thing that happened as Hezekiah and the people of God faced the enemy. I already shared this with you, and, and so in addition to, to living faithfully and, and making their reach and faith commitments that enabled them to rebuild the temple and to protect Jerusalem from the enemy, they also prayed. They prayed. They didn't just generically pray. They prayed specifically for miracles. They knew they couldn't do it alone. They knew their hard work, their, 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 their healthy lifestyles. They knew everything they had done on their part was about faithfulness, but they also knew even their hardest work was not enough. Even their hardest work was not enough 
for things to be set right. They knew that they needed the miracle of God, the miracle of the Holy Spirit to break through and to bring new hopes and new possibilities. And in verse 20 of chapter 32, we read that King Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah prayed about this, crying out to heaven. And when they cried out to heaven, when you cry out to heaven, God listens. God listens. When you pray, God listens. When you join with others in prayer and in unity and in breakthrough prayer, God listens. So I want to invite you. Will you join me in praying this breakthrough prayer today? Will you join me in praying this prayer, asking God's miracles God, release the resurrection power of your Holy Spirit to break through and bring miracles of new hopes, dreams, and possibilities for our church and in our own lives. Grant to us your boldness to follow Jesus into your new and unknown future. May your spirit come and your will be done. Amen. When you pray this, God And God responded to Hezekiah and brought miracle. And it was not just a miracle for the king and the inner circle. It was not just a miracle that the king saw and those around him saw. It wasn't just a miracle of keeping the doors of the temple open and and the staff paid. It was a true miracle of deliverance. It was a miracle that that opened up the people to, to goodness and growth. It was a miracle that changed things. And it was a miracle that others recognized. In verse 31 of chapter 32, we read that ambassadors from Babylon. Now, Babylon was another empire, and and there's another kind of bad guy in the story a little bit later on, but, but, but people from Babylon heard about the miracles of God happening. They heard how how the God of Israel had brought deliverance against all odds, and so they sent an ambassador to find out about the miraculous sign that incurred in the land. People that didn't know God came to Judah, came to Jerusalem to see the miracles that God was making happen. When God performs a breakthrough miracle, people take notice. So I leave you. I leave you with this encouragement to be faithful. Make preparations today as as those who have gone before you. Make a reach in faith, investment in the ministry of God. Pray for miracles as you pray, as you give, as you prepare. God is is listening. God is listening. God will respond, and others will take notice. Let's pray. Oh God, you are the God of miracles. You are the God who who reaches out and does powerful things. And so right now, Almighty Father, I pray that that for all those who hear these words, that their hearts are open. Their hearts are open to the miracles that, that you have in store. That their hearts are open to the way that your Spirit is moving. Their hearts are open to faithfulness, to investing faithfully to the ministry of God, to investing faithfully into your own relationship in their lives through prayer and and dedication. And God, I pray that as we do this, and as you bring fruitfulness and newness, that we will remember it is all because of you. 
And we will continue to pray, to pray for your faithfulness, to pray for your miracles, to pray that we see you and others see you forever, ever. God is with us forever and ever. God is with us today. I want to invite you to join us next week back here in worship. We're going to start a series, a new worship series leading up to Christmas called The Carols at Christmas. And so I'm excited to share some of these traditional Christmas carols and Advent songs that help lead you to Jesus, that help lead you and to make your Christmas one of of worship and devotion. And so I am looking forward to sharing this with you, to singing these songs with you, and I know that you will be blessed as God continues to lead us. So this day, I pray blessings upon you. May you renew your call to faithfulness. May God bless you this day now and forever. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to reach out to Kern Memorial United Methodist Church or see entire services, you can visit our YouTube channel, Kern Memorial United Methodist Church, and remember to like and subscribe for updates. You can also visit us on our Facebook page at Kern Memorial United Methodist Church. Thanks and have a blessed day.